You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. So, um, usually, depending on how difficult a week is in anticipation of a weekend, like this talk, I've experienced incredible general opposition and spiritual opposition. Uh, so, I... I I, I, you know, strap in because usually when, um, when the gates of Hades are open during the week, the gates of heaven opens on the weekends. So I'm excited about that for what this means for you. Maybe you're in Olathe and we love you guys in Olathe uh, as you're spreading the church in that community. And for our Overland Park campus, I love you guys too. Thank you for those guys in the venue and the auditorium. If you're online, uh, we love you as well. We think God has something special. Before we begin our topic this week, I do want to uh, give you an update on our building at 103rd Antioch. At least, well, we told you for over a year, we've actually pursued uh, what location we might go to our third campus, a North Overland Park campus. I think we even have a photo of that as well. Back in February, we learned that the Unity Church uh, was for sale at 103rd Antioch. So this is after, you know, a year of searching all these locations, you find something's open on sale. So in March, I asked, told, announced it, talked about the need to pray for us and our due diligence, and we would actually pursue potentially a closing date this past week. Well, I'm happy to say that worked really hard, due diligence, and actually closed on that property for our North Orland Park campus. And the thing to pray... Oh, yes, absolutely. Praise God for that. Um, me, Mr. Engineer, let's get more things done. I'm, I'm gonna, so I'm going to ask you to pray again for the campus pastor of our North Over the Park campus. So we're actually involved in various discussions and prayer, dialogue. Uh, we'd like to wrap that up fairly soon, identifying a campus pastor so we can identify a campus team at that North Orland Park campus. So would you pray for us uh, as we pursue that? If you want to hear more of the story, I just give you a mini version. Didn't tell you the details. You can go to visitgracechurch.com slash role of giving. And I think I just in the first, oh, seven to nine minutes, I told more of the story there. So you can go there, pick up the story there as well. All right, so this week we are closing out our series through Hebrews 11. We've been calling it, it, it is the Hall of Faith. We called it, uh, foolish. How sometimes when you believe God, others might think you're foolish for believing God. And one of the key verses is Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder, those who diligently seek Him. So this has been the kind of thing, we've, talk, we've characterized this as foolish, other people thinking that our belief in the Bible and following Jesus is a foolish thing, that's certainly true, but this series could have been called Pleasing God. Realize, people, people stress out, like, what does it mean, what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? Two words, pleasing Him. We don't exist to please ourselves. God blesses us with joys and things like that. We're not here for our comfort. We're here to bring pleasure to the Creator and Savior. That's why we exist. And the way we do that, by the way, is our faith. When you believe God's Word, 
it pleases him. That's why we exist. So we've actually been talking about this series. So far, we've seen amazing stories of people who faced a crisis, believed God's promise, seen God come through. We've seen the fun stories. You want to be on the David and Goliath side of that. That's good news. Goliath went down, baby. You know, you want to be on the Jericho, you know, fighting Jericho and the walls get pulled down. Those are the fun stories. And um, we've talked about Enoch, Abraham, Sarah, and Joseph. And But then there are the others. You don't want to be part of the others. You read the Bible, you're like, well, that's, that's awesome for them, but I feel like the others. Let me tell you who the others are. The others are those people who, who also believe God, but life isn't getting better. And you can land in the hall of faith as God sees his daughter, his son, believe God in misery and joy of the Holy Spirit and things not getting better. And you become part of the others. Here's our theme today. Believing God's promises when things go wrong can look foolish. Believing God's promises when things go wrong can look foolish. Like when things aren't getting better, but you believe God's promises. When the health isn't improving. When the person isn't staying. When the job isn't happening. When the sadness isn't leaving. And you still believe God's promises. That can absolutely look foolish. And so today... um, I'm going to share with you a couple of reasons, two reasons why you might be wondering why you're going through this intense suffering period. And to be honest, your soul needs it. You don't want it. I don't want it. But your soul needs it. For two reasons. I'm going to share one at the start, how your soul changes and God benefits from it. How your, the other at the end, how your soul changes and others benefit and then in the middle, we're going to talk about the others. So at the end of the Hebrews 11, all these great stories, victory, 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 victory. Then we get to the others. Okay. Torture and believing God. Prison and believing God. Murdered and believing God while they're getting murdered. Displaced. The others. From time to time, we all become the others. And frankly, our soul needs it. And other people need it too. So uh, you might be the others, and my, I am hurting with you, but there is hope. He is in the fire with you. Even when you don't feel him, even when you don't sense him, doesn't matter if you sense him. He's there if you don't sense him. He, that's the truth. He is there. So I love you guys. Um, let's, let's ask God to open the windows of heaven. Lord, I pray that you would... Um, Help people who find themselves in the middle of this incredible suffering and find themselves part of the others that are questioning why, why, why. Help us to walk through the scripture, a couple of the reasons why this happened, the four examples we have. And for those who don't know Jesus, may they today see that you became all four of the others for them. You were the others for them because you love them. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let me share the first reason why, you know, believing God's promises when things go wrong can look foolish. And there's a real benefit to that. The first benefit is your faith grows. Your faith grows. And that comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So 1 Peter 1, verse 6 and 7 says, and by the way, I see 1 Peter is one of the three books that I run to personally when I'm going through suffering. Three books. I go to the Psalms because one third of the Psalms talks about holding 
to God in suffering. Uh, then I go to Job because I want to feel better about my story. I read his story. And then I'm like, well, I'm not as bad as that dude's story. And then I go to first Peter. And even though Peter was not the most organized guy in the world, organized thought, he wasn't. Every single chapter talked about suffering. Every, all five chapters. So this is the chapter one comment on suffering. And he says, you need it for you. First Peter one, verse six. In this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while. Okay, even if your suffering doesn't end for the rest of your life, you'll look back on it someday and say, well, that was just a little while. A little while. So you're rejoicing, but for a little while, if need be, you need it. You have been grieved by various trials. Notice in the soul, you can have rejoicing in the Lord and grieving in your trials, both existing in your soul. And he says you need it, if need be. Verse 7, what, what part is, why, why do you need that? It's your faith that pleases God. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found that someday, see your faith now pleases God as you hold on to him, but as it grows and gets purified at the judgment seat when you meet him, it may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's what happens. Your faith gets tested like gold is tested in fire. So as it gets more and more pure, one of these days... God gets praised because of your grown faith. God gets honored because your faith improved and grew spiritually. God gets glorified by you clinging to him when you're part of the others. So since we're talking about gold like fire is like your faith, we'll put the next picture on the screen. This is a, a gold smelter. This is a gold ring. So this ring didn't start out this way. It became a higher carat, you know, 14 carat, 12 carat, 16 carat. You become more pure when you go in the fire. So this is, this is your faith. And this is the seasons of life. This is what God does with us. He allows us to get thrust into crisis and trials. And we beg God there to get out of it. Oh God, how could you? Oh God, get me out. God, do you not care about me? God, what's going on here? Please, I'm begging you. I want out. I want out. I want out. And the fire burns away self. Self-will. Self-righteousness. Self-confidence. Self-control. And then the season ends. God pulls you out. And what happens to gold? Gold actually cools off. The impurities rise to the surface. They scrape the impurities off. It's more pure than before. Ha! Ah, this is the season we like. How's life? It's good. Not just fine. It's good now. And something happens. Back in the fire. You know, we question God when he's loving us. Sometimes we can all channel our, our inner impetulant child with God. I, I want God to do what I want, when I want, how I want, in the manner I want, or he's not God. I'm so glad my four-year-old, we don't listen to her like that. If we listen to her, she would eat candy and run out without clothes on. And in my household, we don't do that. 
You realize God sees things differently than you do? Can I just say something with, with love? Who do we think we are? Do we think we see like God does? My daughter will actually cry over those things. And I love her. My heart breaks for her. But she does not know what she needs. And sometimes neither do we. God loves your faith so much. He allows you to go into the fire. You don't realize you need that fire. Your faith needs to grow. It only grows through trials. That's where it grows. When you go to the Bible and you rethink again, the tears are there. And you, what do I really believe? Do I believe this promise or not? And the self gets burned away and the promises of God come alive. You need that fire. You need to be part of the others. So let's talk about the others. Four sets of others, four types of others back in Hebrews 11. So all these great, great stories and then become the others. Number one, the first type of others that, that the writer of Hebrews lists, believing God in torture, believing God as they're being tortured when they could get out. They're being tortured in history and even today because they believe what we believe in God being real, the Bible being real, Jesus Christ being God. And they say, we'll stop torturing if you just deny Jesus. And they land in the hall of faith, nameless heroes, the others. Hebrews 11, verse 35 says this. Others, there they are, were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. But they might obtain a better resurrection. We will let you out and we will stop torturing if you just deny the truth. No. No. Lands him in the hall of faith. These kind of things actually happen today, too. Here's a story. This one comes from uh, just back in March this year. This man is named Madeira Koti Reddy. Madeira. He's in southern India. It's 10 o'clock. This is March 29th. This stuff happens today. March 29th. 10 o'clock at night, he went to his uh, bedroom to read the Bible and pray. A Hindu man who hates Christians took an axe and snuck into his room about 1030 at night and slashes his arms and his head with an axe. He's trying to murder him. His wife, quote, I heard my husband screaming and ran into the house. They asked this Hindu man, why did you do that? Quote, he confessed that he wanted to finish the pastor that night. He said he was offended by the pastor's routine of sharing the gospel in the village. He admitted, he confessed, it was hate. Oh, it is hate that drove me to attack him. And Pastor Madeira still believes. He's part of the others. He didn't say, God, why, why, why? How could you do this to me? How could you let this happen? He became part of the others. He believes God in his torture. The second group of others that the writer lists is a group of people who are imprisoned. Hebrews 11, verse 36. Hebrews eleven thirty six 36 says, Still others had trial of mockings. Okay, we get some of that in the West. That's what we get, typically. Uh, it's as bad as it gets. Oh, do you believe the Bible? Really? Hasn't science proven that wrong yet? How small-minded are you? How weak-willed are you? Aren't we past that right now? How closed-minded are you believing Jesus is the only way? You believe God is real? That's what we get. We get mocking. We don't get the next. Scourgings. 
I don't, very few of us probably been tied to a post and whipped by either government or neighbors over and over and over because you believe God. And you could get out of it if you just deny it. And of chains and imprisonment. In jail for the crime of believing Jesus, believing God's word. So this is happening around the world. This is a man named Andrew. Andrew's from North Carolina, by the way. He lived for years in Turkey. This started in October 2016. It's still going on today. He's in the news today. Type in Andrew Brunson. You can read his story. So for more than 20 years, Andrew has served in ministry in the country of Turkey in a city called Izmir, which I had the chance to visit. Beautiful city. It's the ancient city of Smyrna from the book of Revelation. To the church of Smyrna is Izmir. So he's there for 20 years. Peaceful serving the community, not causing problems, being contributing part of community. Then in July 2016, the military tried to overthrow Erdogan, the leader. Erdogan cracked back. So as part of that process later that year, December, January, starts rounding up Christians, prominent Christians, including Andrew. Most of them he deported, but not him. He kept him. Charged him with being a terrorist. This is Andrew before his prison. This is as they're starving him. 50 pounds later, this is him today. Andrew's still believing. He believes Jesus is God. He is not denying anything. He's done nothing wrong. He's in prison for believing right now. Still there. Separated from his family for the crime of believing what we believe. And loving people the way we love them. Because of Jesus Christ. The next set of others, he landed in the, in the hall of faith. See, believing God's promises when things go wrong can look foolish. The third set are martyrs. Believing God as you're being murdered. And you won't be murdered or martyred if you just deny it. And so that's the story here in, in Hebrews 11 verse 37. says, they were stoned. Okay, stoning people. You ever, you ever had your bell rung? Like maybe a baseball hits you in the head or a, ba- a bat hits you in the head. Uh, you took a hit in football or in a soccer field, basketball court. You fell and hit your head on concrete. Really get it wrong. What is stoning? It's that over and over and over as rock after rock after rock hits you. And you don't have to go through it. Just deny Jesus. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. That's exactly what it sounds like. They think the prophet Isaiah was sawed in half. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. Murdered because they believe in Jesus. And as they were murdered, not denying Jesus. Part of the beautiful others who believe God when things are going wrong. Here's one story that came from more recently, last three years. This comes from Libya three years ago. A bunch of Egyptians, uh, Egyptians were in Libya. These are the cops. I can't even pronounce the T right. My mouth doesn't work that way. The Coptic. <laughs> it's easier, easier to say Coptic. The Coptic people are Egyptians from next door to Libya. And the Coptic church are the Egyptian church. 21 Coptic Christians or Coptic peoples uh, were working construction in neighboring Libya. So ISIS came in and they actually kidnapped these 21 Egyptians. And they went person by person, took them to a beach and lined them up. And they said, yeah, we'll give you a choice. You can deny Jesus and we'll let you live. Refuse, we're going to cut your head off right now. 
and person after person did not deny Jesus Christ. One of the guys did not look like the others. This guy, he's not Egyptian. He's from Chad. He's not a believer. Chad is a country in Africa. He was also working construction with his Christian brothers. He's a non-believer. They go down the line. These guys don't deny, don't deny. They ask him. It's much easier for you. Deny Jesus Christ. He said, their God is my God. And he converted to Christianity right then. And my brother had his head cut off for it. My brother in Christ. Guys, believe in God when things don't go well. It can look foolish. My brother's part, my brother's are part of the others that are beautiful in God's sight. Beautiful in God's sight. Fourth group, last group. People who are displaced or refugees because they have the crime of being a Christian. Hebrews 11.37 says... They wandered about in sheepskins, in goatskins. Okay, they're driven from their home. Their clothes run out. They're killing animals and putting animal skins on them, living like, like animals, being destitute. They have nothing. Afflicted. They're refugees. Tormented. It's not a very fun life. I mean, guys, can you imagine, can you imagine that today you go back to your apartment, to your house, and the government shows up in uniform. And says, you're a Christian? Well, yes. Out. You can carry what you want to carry. Out. And now you've got to seriously take nothing and go off in the woods and fields and start to survive. And they bulldoze your house when you're gone. Take control of all your accounts. So these kind of things actually happen today. This is a picture from last month. This was April of 2018 in Myanmar. So these are the Kachin people. The Kachin people live in northern Myanmar. It's a country that used to be called Burma. Uh, but after a military group took over the government, they renamed it back in 1989. The Kachin people, by the way, went from about 40% Christian back in the 60s to 90 to 95% Christian. They've had revival in this people group. Okay, the Kachin people are persecuted right now. Uh, this is actually a picture from last month. These things are happening. So people in military uniforms are showing up in their villages. As they leave, they're, they're shooting at the fleeing villagers. Back in August, at that point, 319 villages were burned with fire in these religious and ethnic cleansing operations. Satellite imagery shows bulldozers bulldozing entire villages like they never existed. Sexual violence against women, numerous accounts of children, babies killed, boys arrested, girls violated, with men in military uniforms for the crime of being a Christian. And these people still believe Jesus is God. They don't deny their faith. They're beautiful to God. When things go wrong and you keep believing God, it may not make sense, but it purifies your faith. One thing it does, there's two things it does. First of all, being in the fires purifies your faith. You need the fires from time to time so your faith can grow. You grow in suffering. But other people need it too. And that's what it says over in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be God and Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. See the phrasing right there? He didn't say he gets you, get you out of it. Can you go to the next, next slide? I don't know, guys. Yeah. We like to get out of our tribulation. Get me out! Get me out! Stop this! End this! How many times can I pray? I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. I can't take one more day of this. He comforts you in the fire. That's where the self is burned away. That's where you find it. It's the story of, you know, the three Hebrew children thrown in the fire. Also, the fourth guy shows up. Looks just like the Son of God. Because he is the Son of God. That's why he looks like the Son of God. And he's in the fire with them. That we may be able to comfort those. See, God wants to use you, but you're not usable enough yet. There's another level of usability God, to to impact and free other people. You need the fire so you have your story of in the tribulation clinging to Christ. One other thing about that story with the three Hebrew children. They get bound up. Thrown in the fire. Son of God shows up. Only one thing gets burned away. The things that were binding them. You realize the things holding you back right now? You need the fires, so you can be set free to help others. So we can be help, able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted in the fires by God. We need the fires for ourselves so we grow in our faith. And God gives pleasure and glory and honor. We need the fires ourselves so we have a story that somebody else with a different set of suffering, we can say, listen, these are the verses I clung to. This is the times I went back. These are the tears that I shed. This is the journaling that I did. These are the friends that I told. And this is how God got me through and I sensed his presence in my life. You need the fire so others can be helped. God cares about other people too. Why, why, why? story of this, by the way, of helping others. You could help millions of people by believing God's promises in the trials. Here's the story of Horatio and Anna. So this is Horatio and Anna Spafford. He was, back in the 1870s, a very successful lawyer in Chicago. Very wealthy, very successful. He's a Presbyterian elder, one of the leaders in their Presbyterian church. He met and married Anna um, in 1871. They, had, they ended up having five children. Um, at this point, but in 1871, they had a four-year-old son who died of scarlet fever. It's their one boy they had. It's a, that's a parent's nightmare to bury your child. Is a horrific nightmare. Two years later, Horatio senses the family needs a rest. He's going to send them to England. D.L. Moody, his friend, is preaching there. At the last minute, he has business. It keeps him back from going with them. And so his wife and four daughters, his four daughters, by the way, at this age, this time, um, at this time now in 1873, um, Annie is 11, Maggie is 9, Bessie is 5, Tanetta is 2. 
On November 22nd, 1873, they're crossing the Atlantic on a steamship. It was struck by an iron sailing vessel. It sunk. 226 people drowned, including all four of his baby girls. All five of his kids are dead. He gets a telegram. And it starts, saved alone. His wife is the only one alive from his family. Guys, how many people at this point would turn their back on God? I'm not serving a God like that. I don't believe God. You, how, how could you let this happen? I don't, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to believe the Bible. I'm not going to follow Jesus. I hate you. How many people do that? Not Horatio. See, he knew the truth. God was still God. And God was still good. And God was still loving. And he knew they weren't dead. May not be here. But they're not dead. He believed the truth. And he writes this hymn. So he's sailing across, he's going to visit his wife, and he, he asked the captain to would you please tell me approximately where my family went down? So he goes outside, he looks at the waves and thinks about his girls three miles down and the next slide he writes this goes back to his cabin and writes um the hymn it is well with my soul he's both miserable and believing he's grieving and rejoicing when peace like a river Attends my way with sorrows. Like sea billows roll. Here they come again. There they go. Here they come again. There they go. Whatever my lot. If I draw the short straw again, give me the short straw. Whatever my lot. Thou hast taught me to say, it is well. Oh, it is well. With my soul. And because he clung to God in his faith, in one of the darkest times any person could ever go through, he was used to help other people in their suffering, including this guy. If you're a Christian, you're going through, you're like, why, why, why? Maybe you need it. Maybe about the time you, you stop trying to do this on your own with self, 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 and you learn that lesson, you cling to him, that you say, you are true. I'll believe the promise even if I don't feel it. Then maybe he'll pull you out. Maybe there's some additional burning away of bondage you need in that fire. That when you surrender to him and believe him, he's like, okay, lesson, I, I grew you. Come here, my child. And then you can be used by other, other people. And if you're not a, a believer in Jesus Christ, he went four for four for you. He was the others for you. He was homeless for you, arrested for you, tortured by the Romans for you, and murdered for you. He loves you. He became the others for you because he loves you. Please receive the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior. Give your life to him. Let's pray. God, we love you. And thank you for your uh, presence in our life, your promises, your goodness. I do pray that you would work 
where we would trust you and believe you in the fires. That you would grow our faith. Help us to impact other people. May people who don't know Jesus surrender right now to him. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.